Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks wherever you are around Australia, around the world for taking the time out of your week, your month, your year to tune into one of our many episodes, but more importantly this week to tune into this episode. It's a Monday night, so we're a little bit early, which is great. We might try and make a habit out of that. Of course, I've got Scott Carter here with uh, all of his insights into the week of golf and uh, whatever else has happened in and around that, a couple of things in my world. Let's bring Scott in and crack on with this week's short, sharp episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile of Golf podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us and taking the time out of your day, your week, your month, your year to, to, to come back. Thanks, Roscoe. That really rolls off the tongue for you these days, doesn't it? Uh, two hundred down to a tee. Two hundred and seventy-nine episodes. You'd hope so. I've got one. I've got one thing right. I'm still working on many things, but uh, I've even lost count. I don't know if it's two seventy-nine, uh, but I've got a couple of things right, and maybe the repetition of the intro is one of them. Uh, congratulations on the move. Uh, I can see it in your background. It looks exactly the same as it did in your old house. So yes. congratulations <laughs> on the on the congruency of the look. Um, really do appreciate that. Uh, um, how did all the move go? You you said goodbye to an old house into a new house. East Brighton's never. Yeah. Yeah. Be the same. Emotional, mate. Emotional uh, exit out of out of uh, Elwood for uh, our little family in that little house. But no, it's uh, served us well. But um, yep, time to move on to uh, different things. And yeah, all went pretty smoothly, mate. So had a great uh, removalist team. Always good to get a good bunch of uh, guys to do the removalist job on the Saturday morning, Roscoe. They were they were very very efficient, good, friendly, helpful. Metro movers. Um, Free plug. Oh, no, no free ads. No free ads here. Do they move? To, <laughs> do they move how fastest to Scotland? Um, uh, on that, and talking about Scotland and emotional, uh, I just want to say to anyone that took the time out of their day, week, month, year to send me a message for the first time or the thirty-first time, and I had numerous people contact me on the back of um, my news last week about me and Mrs. My Love of Golf relocating our lives to Northern Hemisphere colder climates, what are you going to do for work? All of those questions, I can't answer many of them. Um, but uh, for the people that did take the time out to wish me the best and wish us the best, uh, I really do appreciate that and it meant a lot. Uh, I did get emotional at reading some of them and some of the really nice messages. Uh, I was blown away, to be honest. So thank you. I will continue to regale you of the experience as we move towards the move and then uh, my our commitment, nice. our commitment is to – make this international as we said in jest last week but it will be you know we'll be delivering content from the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere simultaneously uh that's got to be worth tuning in for for another 297 uh, episodes uh scott um so i just want to say thanks on that front um you did hear in the intro me make a couple of little references to uh monday nights uh you did hear me make a reference to short and sharp we fully acknowledge uh, this is a bit of a disclaimer, a bit of a uh, an apology, uh, no, not an apology. You know, we fully dis- 
we fully own up to the fact that we can go off on tangents, um, we can circle around a story, weave in another story and come back and, and, and hopefully wrap it up. Maybe in doing so, it takes an hour and a half. Maybe we understand that in this type of format, an hour and a half might be a bit too long. So we might try and just condense this type of episode uh, to a little bit more succinct uh, information, get in your ears and then get out of your ears and uh, let everyone crack on, back on with it. Uh, That's about four minutes, Scott. We've waffled on. We've probably started a half a circle round already. So let's just bring it back on track. Uh, First track today... um, there's all the weekends episodes uh, and the episodes, all the weekends golf information to talk to. I'll talk to one that's very near and dear to my heart and one that I didn't participate in as a player, very unlike me not to play in a pro-am. Um, you know, I'm good for a pro-am, Scott, but I didn't get invited this year. I'm, you know, mm. I might be a little bit sensitive that I didn't get an inv- invitation to the Peninsula Kingswood Foundation Pro-Am. It is a big ticket event. You know, it's a fundraiser. Um, yeah. If you take a team, you've, you've spent a thousand bucks or so on taking a team. Uh, the Molov golf budget doesn't expend, it doesn't extend to taking a team and paying a thousand dollars. I apologize to you for that, Scott. Um, the thought entered yeah, my mind. I was wondering where, where my invite was, Roscoe, but, uh, but, but geez, if you didn't get one, then um, yeah, they were hard to come over. Well, there were some big, big names out the, there. Those big, those big dollar contracts that we've signed up to, you know, like we've just got to keep the admin budget under control. Um, so I didn't play. But I really had to insert myself into the picture some way, Scott. And uh, so the main thing was the Princeton Kingswood Pro-Am was on the PGA Tour were there. They helped with the running of the bigger Pro-Ams as they do. Uh, there was a $16,000 purse on offer. All of the proceeds for the um, entry fees go to the Peninsula Kingswood Foundation. It helps uh, a lot of the schools and uh, in that area of Frankston there where you know, if you listen to the the principal of the Sunrise School uh, in North Frankston talk, you know, there's children in that part of Melbourne that, you know, don't get to participate in sport or, or never used to get to participate in sport because their parents couldn't afford football boots. Their parents couldn't afford sports uniforms. So they just would not participate in sport and, you know, not participating with kids and groups and all of that sort of stuff that comes when you in your formative years, it would lead into you know, who knows what, but it wasn't a great environment for young kids who should be experiencing the benefits of sport and development. So the Peninsula Kingswood Foundation provides um, money to a couple of those organisations, which is used to really help the local uh, community. I believe it does a great uh, service and, um, you know, like all private golf clubs, there's no secret, you know, you look at the cars that drive in the car park, there's a lot of wealth around there. So it's a way of some of the members giving back and, and they feel great about it. And um, the, the, the golf club does do a lot of functions a year. One of those I denoted a, a, um, a poster to, a, a print, one of the prints on the oh, – not on the wall, but I, um, and they raise money yep. for that sort of stuff. Um, so the founder – like a great cause. It's a great cause on a great course. Peninsula Kingswood Composite Course. Now – Composite Course. Composite Course. Now – we're familiar with the Royal Melbourne Composite Course. There's two or three op- variations of, of that course that can be played. The uh, the AAC Championship, the Australia Asia Pacific Championship, had one different variation uh, of the Composite Course. Well, there's about four or five Composite Courses at PK. Uh, today they played one that – I've only played one Composite Course and it was many years ago, but they played one that was an cr- absolute cracking cold, course. Twelve holes of the um, north – six holes of the south and just 
un, all of if, if you've been to Peninsula Kingswood, you've seen it, you've seen the photos, the undulating land, all of the holes are basically over the undulating land part of the golf course, that sort of northern, south, south, north, south, northern. That doesn't even work, but the <laughs> south that's on that, isn't it? the south that's on that <laughs> side where the mounds are, and the north that's on the side where the mounds are. Absolutely cracking course. Uh, the who's who of Australian uh, professional golf are there. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking the who's who, you know. Congrats to Wade Ormsby uh, on a bit of a road trip across from Adelaide. Uh, drops into the PK Foundation to play in his good old mucker, uh, Marcus Fraser. Marcus Fraser is the host. He puts it on um, yep. and and took the chocolates. Co uh, took the chocolates with um, Maddie Griffin. We'll talk more about Maddie Griffin in a minute, but uh, Maddie Griffiths. Griffin, Matty Griffiths. Matty Griffin's on a bit of form run at the moment, so they both yeah, shot. Sure is. They both shot three under. Uh, Wilkes, big big Wilker, Aaron Wilkin, brother of Melbourne Rebels uh, player Brad Wilkin uh, was there. Two under. Marcus Fraser one under. Richard Green one under. We're doing the rundown of the scoreboard, but it's more just to say yeah. that the quality of the depth of field there. Andrew Martin, DP World Tour card holder. Marto yep. was there. Zach Mars, Cam John, Andrew Kelly, Suo was there. A whole host of names. Uh, Daniel Gale, Gailey was down there, Steph Bunky, David Branston. Uh, we, we didn't even give the, the boys that won their uh, seniors tour cards uh, a, a really decent shout-out the other week when four of them got their seniors tour cards. Well, Dave Branson, who I used to play alongside, he was always way better than me, but in junior golf in the Hunter Valley, um, mm. David Branson was there. Uh, and I was there. I had, As I sort of looped away, I inserted myself into the, um, the scenery quite nicely. Tommy Power Horan was there, friend of the podcast, a great man. I love his parents, his Irish background. Tom was playing, got in contact with Tom on Friday, Saturday, realised yep. he missed the cut at the Heritage. Hey, Tom, do you want a caddy? You want, do you want a local caddy? It was like this. Do you want a local caddy? Who? Oh, I said, someone's experienced with the course. The big dog, the big chief. Who? I said, the main man. He said, you? I went, yeah, why not? He said, I can't afford you. I said, okay, the sleeve of Pro V1s, leave the signed glove, the autograph glove. I don't want that. I'll just take the Pro V1s and then, you know, that's my fee. He says, yeah, yeah, come along, it'll be fun. Yeah. And um, I fronted up uh, this morning, got the bag. He said, here's got another buggy there before. I'm, mate, there's no buggy happening here. I'm a, I'm a carrying caddy. I'm, I'm authentic. And um, uh, we went out with Tommy and I had some fun. It... Uh, it was a, a, a great experience, you know, like I have zero clue of what a tour caddy does mm. and uh, Tommy didn't give me any instructions but he asked a few questions. Where do I start this? Where's my line? What do you, you, know, what do you think about what's the wind doing and, you know, is there any room over there? All questions that I could answer because of my innate knowledge of the joint. Uh, and and got, you've been most places you've been over there. I know, yeah. I know the miss zones, don't <laughs> worry. I know the, the where to and where not to miss more so. Um, and uh, I got a bit nervous when he started asking just some backup uh, lines on putts and I uh, just nodded. Yep. You, you, you're into that? That's just good. Confirmed his line. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. You're good. Commit. And uh, anyway, it was, it was a boatload of fun. But takeaway for me is if you're a – caddy out there of any level, you know, Australian PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, WPGA Tour, DP World Tour, my hat goes off to you because you're pulling those golf bags around for hopefully four rounds but then the practice rounds and all the other palaver that goes with uh, the week in, week out, man, that is, you, you've got your work cut out for you my hat absolutely goes off to you. Uh, I can imagine why it is such a fun and rewarding job. You really do have to be on 
you know, if you've got to do your job, you've got to be on the game with numbers and all that sort of stuff. We got to use a rangefinder, but you know, it was yeah. Tommy. 140 to cover the bunker, 150 flag. There's about 10 metres of room past that. There's a, a, a backstop on the right. Don't miss it on the left because it funnels down to the bunker. Okay, good. Firm seven or whatever the number was. It was, it was a good fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it so, would have been uh, good fun. And did, did you wear the white overalls at all, Roscoe? What did you don Yeah, yeah. No, I Shorts. went straight into the garden set. I pulled out the uh, white yeah. overalls. I, uh, you know, got the white hat. I, um, no, no, no. I just, <laughs> I wore Sunday black. Travis Matthew, of course. Travis Matthew hat, shirt, polo. Didn't uh, make up your own bib, power horn. No, didn't no. do that. It was bad enough. Yeah, they were giving Tommy a heart. They were paying out for Tommy. Todd Sinnott, uh, Tommy and Todd Sinnott are very good mates. Mm. And uh, Tom had already been on the range by the time I sort of got round and, you know, he came up. I said, do you want me to carry, you know? And Todd goes, have you got a caddy? Yeah, yeah, Roscoe's got a caddy, plays here. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think many of the boys had uh, caddies, but I was there. It was good fun. Uh, thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, I know you may or may not be listening, but um, it was a great day. It'll be a new career, Roscoe. Well, someone did suggest that, uh, you know, a way of earning £100 a day is to go to one of these Scottish Lynx courses and, and get on the bag of yeah. some of the uh, American tourists. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm very good at customer service. Yeah, I've, I've served plenty yeah. of customers in the golf environment. It's just exactly. it is just customer service and uh, I, might have to put, I might have to do the catting in a Scottish accent if they want that authentic approach, but I could do that. I'm really happy. A bit, bit, bit of time at Mercedes as well, mate, probably taught you uh, a thing or two about getting customers to reach deep into their pockets. So I didn't yeah. sell cars. You know, I just have to qualify. Oh. I wasn't a dodgy car salesman, all right. <laughs> I just, I just oh, taught mate. them. I just wow. taught them. Uh, <laughs> no, Mercedes Benz was all about customer service, uh, Scott. And um, if course. you provide great service uh, and give excellent value, um, people will reach healthily into their pockets. And if you are an American uh, listener that's making a plan to um, come to Scotland to play golf, and you come across a sort of random, weird, accented, uh, you know, middle-aged, uh, half Australian, half Scot that's uh, offering to carry a bag. Just respect the customer service ethic and deep, dig deep for Australian Scottish relations. Uh, enough about that. I might, I might have, I might have a crack at doing that. Eh? Might, Why might not? be some fun. Why not? Well, well, I'll work out what I'm doing. The way to land. I've just probably reeled out anyone that's in the corporate world that says, "Oh, this guy has worked in corporate and retail. He could run this joint." And I've probably just ruled. <laughs> they've probably just gone <laughs> Flanagan out. Um, now, well, hey, Roscoe, yeah. I wonder, I wonder what Rory's caddy was telling him to hit on uh, on the tee on eighteen. Um, yesterday, coming down the stretch with a one-shot lead, um, whether he was trying to, whether he told him to hit that draw that he hooked into the water, or what was the advice that uh, that, that he was giving Rory? But um, I don't know if you saw much of the DP World Tour, mate. But that was a cracking back nine um, that I got to sit up and watch last night and and see Tommy Fleetwood um, kick off his year with a big W. Yeah, well, good on you for Tommy and, you know, Tommy's yeah. legion of fans uh, around the world on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. He is a much-loved uh, player. Um, you know, on the American side of the Atlantic Ocean, you know, I think he gets a little bit sort of razzed for, you know, not winning over there, but uh, he doesn't mean the fact that he's not very loved by the fans. So hats off to Tommy. Well done. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's a great sign of a, a good year to come for uh, Fleetwood. I was going to say for Fleetwood Mac. Um, <laughs> uh, it was definitely well, Fleetwood Mac. Are they releasing a new album? Yeah. No, probably not. Mm. But it could be the year of Tommy Lad. It could uh, be. I hope so. Um, yeah. I, I, it was I, exciting I, stuff. It was, 
it was exciting stuff. Now I can say with qualification now, obviously that um, you know once the player gets into the shot zone as a caddy, your job's done. You know, you just have to let it go. Mm. Um, he definitely wouldn't have said play because <laughs> surely he wouldn't have said just take it down the right hand side with a little flippy draw. Because uh, I think Tommy, uh, not Tommy, I think Rory's put a ball into that 18th drink in the past. I'm pretty sure he has. Maybe not at such a crucial time of the tournament, but I'm pretty sure he has. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting because the commentators were saying that the wind was coming off the water. So it, the commentator actually did say uh, that the shot was um, started on the right-hand side and just a nice little baby draw into the wind um, yep. and the wind will hold it up and, you know, middle of the fairway, this is what you need to do, Rory. He stood up there and he just went absolutely whack and I mean, he must have turned over it. Um, so much harder than he intended to, and it just went almost directly left. Mm. Um, took a couple of bounces and and uh, and into the water, through the crowd and into the water. Um, he would have he would have yeah, been hoping it. he would have been hoping that it caught a left leg of someone, yeah. but uh, no, clearly not. It was a sad sight when that lonely chap turned around and then followed it into the water. And, oh, That's right. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was going so well on that back nine. Rory really hunted Tommy down. Um, Tommy was kind of in charge there at the turn, um, but Rory got him, came over the top of him. Um, it really did look like it was all over until that shot, but um, Rory had a couple of mishaps throughout the tournament. Um, I mean, first of all, let's talk about Tommy because his birdie-birdie finish, you know, deserves to be spoken about first and, and you know, before we go into what Rory did. But, um, but yeah, as you said, mate, he's, uh, he's got a legion of fans it very well could be the the uh, the year of Tommy Lad. He hung tough there in uh, to finish birdie birdie to um to make that happen. Um, sure, Rory kind of handed it to him, but he had to make birdie and he did. Um, and it was a great birdie on the last. But uh, so full credit to to Tommy. But Rory did have uh, some roller coaster rides throughout this tournament. A um, couple of things that happened, mate. He was leading by four halfway through round two. Um, then he makes a seven on a par three. A quaddy, mm. quadruple bogey. Mm. He only made three bogeys, sorry, four bogeys all week and that quadruple. Two of his bogeys were on the back nine on Sunday mm. and they are not where you need to make bogeys if you're trying to win a golf tournament, that's for sure. Was the quad the triple putt, the three putt from two feet type thing? No. No, that was another, that, another that, one. That, yeah. that was his fourth, uh, that was his third bogey for the tournament on the 14th, that par three, two-footer, four birdie, gave me absolute nightmares. Um he rammed it four feet past and then missed it, missed the one coming back. So, um, yeah, bit of a shocker there from uh, Rory. Up until that point, you know, he'd, he'd only really played two or three bad shots, you know, all tournament. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess anyone can miss him, Roscoe. Anyone can miss him. You know, I saw Tommy Powerhorn drain a few putts today and also, you know, in similar vein, missed a couple as well. Uh you know, these golfers are good, but they're not infallible. Um, congrats to Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood, our Tommy lad. He, I think he was pretty happy. I think he was pretty happy. The the DP World Tour uh, continue sort of on their journey of trying to create some different content. You know, their green room where all the players were coming in, sitting down, a little bit like Big Brother esque, talking to the the the, the faceless voice. And yeah. uh, you know, Tommy did march in with the uh, big heavy trophy. It does look like a big heavy, heavy, heavy trophy. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty happy. Uh, look, I, I don't think that the players are like a, 
a soccer team that loses their manager or their leadership change midweek, you know, like a soccer team that changes manager and at the moment there's a lot of managers that change, sometimes bounce back. I don't know if the DP World Tour players, how they're feeling, but certainly on that DP World Tour, you know, the news this week and sporting news of so many leaders of sporting clubs leaving, Keith Pelly leaving the DP World Tour in three or four months to go and head up Maple Leaf Sports, obviously Canadian, going back to head up uh, the franchises of Canada's biggest sporting teams across a number of disciplines. Uh, You know, that would have been a fair chat on the ground over there in um, Dubai, you would have to think, yeah? Yeah, I would have thought so, mate. Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's kind of interesting timing with, you know, the PIF and PGA Tour deal not done yet. Maybe maybe he feels like... Um, it's at a point where you know he's done enough to um, to position the DP World Tour in a strong enough spot to um, to you know be part of that conversation and have them you know at the table if they are at the table. Who knows how they could be sitting at the end of the table and Yasser and Jay are up the other end, um, but at least they're in the conversation and that could be a win for him. That could be success and uh, and time to kind of move on. Um, who, who knows? But. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently the guy coming in, the guy, his name is Guy, um, uh, coming in to fill his boots has been a big part of those conversations anyway. So he's going to know what's going on and pick that up and, and you know, keep running with it. So, but yeah, I'm sure that was uh, getting a lot of conversation on the fairways this week in Dubai. Yeah, look, and it's good to hear that Guy, you know, is that internal replacement, you know, I'm sure that he wants to put his own stamp and he's probably been sitting in the in the second-tier administrative um, management sort of levels thinking about opportunities when they might come. If they come, what would he do? What would he change? You know, he's probably had a few discussions with some of the other senior management team around. I'm just speaking from sort of that level of experience and having seen that sort of thing happen. You know, it's not uncommon that mm. CEOs leave and change and turnover, whether they're, you know, turnover for reasons of poor performance or whether they turn over for just reasons of, you know, they have a tenure in a role, especially in big organisations, and that tenure finishes and it's time to move. And, you know, in big corporations, they move them around the co- different countries and, you know, they're just looking for different experience sets in different markets. And, and maybe that chap, yep. guy that's coming in has been working on his plan for years and he's, he's ready to launch. And Time will tell. We'll see in a couple of months of, um, you know, what that handover looks like. There'll be a handover period and, and uh, you know, let's see what the DP World Tour looks like. But, you know, some of the writings of and the talk about some of the players, not to quote anyone in particular or any particular articles, but for me the takeouts were that this, there's a little bit of bad feeling with um, Pelly, you know, giving up the DP World Tour top ten uh, order of merit spots to send their best players to the PGA Tour and there's, yep. you know, the, there's somewhat of a feeling that they were going in the right direction and then, you know, they they sort of sold the bones of it uh, out to uh, a big organisation, so to speak. So, um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see what will happen. I'm, there are many, many good things that Keith Pelly tried to implement that, you know, the PGA Tour would never even look at, you know, some of the shot clock stuff and whether you like that or yep. not and the, the sixes, you know, like I think during the course of the podcast, you know, we always talked about it's great to see that organisation trying things different, trying another approach and at least having a crack. Whether it's right, wrong, it's got legs, they were trying to frame up the product in a way and test the waters and I could never, ever challenge that as 
positive for mm. us as consumers and watching golf. Um, so, yeah. So, good luck, Keith. Yeah. 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 And, it's and be interesting, Roscoe, to um, uh, like what an alternative reality would have looked like if he had have gone with Liv and had all of the money yeah. that Liv is investing in the game invested into the into the European tour, and and created you know a division between ultimately it would have I guess between the US and the European tours once again, um, and been super competitive. Like it would have been fascinating to see that play out um, in I, in the world of golf. Look. I think the DP World Tour bought the Saudis to the table. You know, they were, they they bought. You know, look where they are now. They're in Dubai. You know, they, they've they've taken their product to the Middle East, and in part of that, you know, brought the eyeballs of the Emirates and the the Saudi nations to golf. And mm. whether it was the DP World taking their product there, whether it was a, a, a joint thing, um, whatever you, way you see that, it brought money, and it brought mm. it brought the eyeballs of those nations onto the game of golf and what the game of golf can offer those nations in terms of eyeballs on their economies, which is all about, you know, them growing it. But honestly, I, I still think that they would have had eyes on America. You know, they would have said, yes, this is very nice, thank you, Europe, Europe, yeah. you know, we're very close to you anyway, but, you know, their, their eyes and growing their, their businesses and economies and everything else that they're trying to achieve with the PIF and LIB and whatever and PGA Tour – is very firmly American centric, I believe, in my opinion. Yep, um, that's how I see it. Uh, but the other, the other big name that said um, is saying uh, goodbye at the end of his uh, time, I think it's this year, uh, is um, Big Marty. Yeah, Mr. Slumbers, um, which was surprising um, to, to me. I don't know if it was surprising to other people in in the, the world, but. Uh, yeah, I thought that he was going to be around for a little bit longer and if you listen to the chats around the recent um, golf rollback and you know, the way that they handle yeah. that and Mike Wan, the other, the USGA um, counterpart, you know, I, I just, my gut feeling was, oh, we'll, we'll see a bit more of Martin Slumbers, you know, very, now I'm going to sound like I know Martin Slumbers, of course I don't, but if you've seen the No Laying Up video from the AAC Championship, which they released this week, and there's some clips in there with Martin Slumbers, you know, I, I was standing there. I was, it was my camera that shot that video and I was standing there behind Solly as he very, very professionally asked Martin Slumbers uh, on the forecourt there of um, Royal Melbourne uh, those questions. It was a great interview. He was a gentleman. He was so professional. You know, of course, that's what he that's what he does. But he was just a real pleasure to spend you know half an hour in and around that company watching um, him just interact and answer those questions. And I just you just would have thought that this is a guy that's going to be around for a bit longer. You know, he he loves yeah. this. He loves being here. He loves seeing these young men from all around the world, all around of Asia and Australia. Um, you know, really trying to win this spot at the Masters. He was just really. You know, yeah, he, I think committed. he says it floated his boat, and you could tell. So mm. that was an interesting one. So I think they're uh, trying to seek a new CEO for the um, chief executive of the RNA. Big job. Um, well, did you? Mate, did, I mean, you, you you will be in Scotland. So I was just going to say, do you want me to check? Resume, you? Oh, I was just got it. No, Scott. Oh, that was my joke to throw to you. You're the big. <laughs> you're the big corporate guy. You know, the big sports marketing guy. Um, oh, no, do you no want me way. to check? Do you want me to check your uh, CV? Uh, no, no. I, I, look, if you got in there, you know, I could. You could get me like a casual job in the 
Travis Matthew um, yeah. apparel shop just near the behind the 18th green. It'd be perfect for that. And that, you know, three days a week, a couple of eight-hour shifts, bit of dark time golf. Oh, it's coming. That's a what's what a plan. Better? What could be better? I might not know. I might, I might have to get there and do that before you get into that big chair, though, Scott. Um, anyway, uh, that's news on on that side. What's uh, what's next, uh, Scott? What's next? Um, yeah, hey, a uh, c- couple of other observations, mate, from from Dubai. A um, couple of other notables here. I've got Roscoe. So Francesco Molinari, I think, is good to call call out. Like he's back in form. Great mm. way for him to start the year. Fifteen um, under. Good, yeah, he had a cracking uh, Sunday. Uh, Ryan Foxy, T14, and Dan Hillier, the other uh, New Zealander, T36. Um, but, mate, there was one guy that stood out more than most, and his name was Ken Wayand. And I don't know if you saw much about Ken, but young Ken shot a whopping 53 over. So this was a no-cut limited field event, Roscoe, 60 entries, and we had Ken Wayand. Now, you might not be familiar with Ken Wayand. He's a pro, uh, pro from a golf club in the States or something like that. He, he, he is the pro uh, and director of golf at Michael Jordan's private golf course called Grove 23. Oh, yes, yes, that's Down right. in Florida. Yep. And uh, apparently MJ was supposed to be playing in the Pro-Am because obviously this internet in Invitational is a Pro-Am as well, um, limited field event. But MJ didn't show up. And MJ was saying, hey, if I'm coming, well, then I want Ken to be my pro playing partner. So he got Ken a spot and then MJ didn't show up. But Ken kept his spot. He turned up and he shot 53 over Roscoe. Uh, I think he had 16 over on the first round and it just absolutely teed off on socials and he was copying it. Eddie Pepperell was getting involved and people were replying and they weren't very kind comments. And uh, so young Ken, I think, um, suffered over the next three days and ended up shooting 53 over. Mm. Uh, well, what can I say? You know, Ken's a PJ of American, America Pro. Uh, yeah, he can obviously golf his never, ball. Never? Well, yeah, I mean, he's never played in a world golf ranking event ever. <laughs> Well, that's your mate, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan. Nike, you're the Nike man. You should get that stuff sorted. You know, he's got just because they name a room, a couple of rooms, and a wing after him at uh, Beaverton. Uh, Oh well, more than that. But uh, look, what can you say? You know, you you know what Ken does have going for him is that that's not the largest score ever recorded in a professional golf tournament. Did you know that, Roscoe? Oh no, I didn't. But uh, what was Scott? Well. A young man by the name of Mike Reza in 1974 in the Tallahassee Open shot a whopping 93 over. Oh. 93 over, Roscoe. But this guy's got a story. Mike's got an excuse. So after his second round, he fell off a horse, Roscoe. Dislocated his shoulder, hurt his knee, did some ligament damage in his knee. Uh, and back in those days, Ross, if you wanted to play in the next week, you had to finish all four rounds to escape pre-qualifying. I remember that. And so old mate Mike stuck his wing down under his belt, so put his arm through his belt and uh, and played one-handed for the last two rounds. <laughs> he played with a five iron, two wedges and a putter and shot 93 over. Well, good on Mike Reza. Uh, there's another great story. Uh, I forget the guy's name, sorry, but there's a movie about it. It's quite a good movie. Uh, the chap the, from the UK, from the north of England, that thought he could uh, become a professional golfer just by applying to go into the Open, got himself some sticks and and 
and his application to play in the Open back in the day, he just signed, I would like to play in this, uh, here's my application to play in the Open. They gave him an entry into the Open, I think he had a pseudonym, and um, and off he went and played. And uh, it's, a, it's a movie about it and, and quite a great tale. He played two or three times and he would, once he realised he could get in by using a pseudonym, he played two or three times and he'd get to like the 36th hole or the 18th hole and they'd realise this guy's back and they'd, you know, get rid of him. But... Um, I forget his name, but uh, there's a movie about it. I can't remember the movie name at this time of night, but uh, it yeah. doesn't, it's not the same as Mike, Mike Reza. Uh, anyway, well, Ken Wayland, he was there. MJ's loaned him his jet to fly him across there to Dubai. And yeah, why true. didn't MJ turn up? Like, you can't do yeah. that. Like, you, mm, you cannot do that sort of thing. Uh, hey, you know, there's a sad end to, the, to that other story about Mike. So poor <laughs> Mike ended up missing the next event anyway because he didn't recover in time. I can't imagine that if you dislocate your right, Roscoe. Yeah. But he, look, he had a crack. Um, hey, ne- next week, next week on the DP World Tour, real quick. So we've got the Emirates uh, Golf Club. We've got the Dubai. Um, Desert Classic. Uh, the Desert Classic, the Hero Dubai Desert Classic at the Emirates Golf Club. Um, first of the Rolex series, so big purse on offer, 9 million, nine million mm. euros on offer. Got uh, Rory, the defending champion, um, coming back to have another crack this week. Can't see anyone getting past him this week, Roscoe. He's going to take last week and uh, and it's going to fire 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 up his belly, and I think he'll get the job done. But um, pretty strong field. We'll talk about the PGA as well, but we've got a lot of the top names. I'd say all of the top names in golf um, that are playing that are not playing live are uh, playing this week. So Rory, Tommy's back. Um, can he go back to back? A uh, few Americans are making the, the the trip over there. So Brian Harmon, Cam Young um, are heading over to play, a few others as well. But, um, yeah, from an Aussie perspective, we've got Scotty and Jason Scrivener in the field. I'm um, over there. Foxy's in there as well. Healy is in there as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the first of the big weeks on the Euro Tour is this week. A couple of good Scots in there. Grant Forrest from uh, the Renaissance Club. Uh, Edinburgh, well, he's an Edinburgh native now, but not originally from Edinburgh. Ewan Ferguson uh, is playing and uh, is Connor Syme playing? Uh, Grant Forrest, Connor Syme and Callum Hill. Oh, so Scott Jamison, not Melbourne City uh, coaching staff, Scott Jamison, but Scott Jamison from uh, Scotland and Davey Law. Uh, lots of good Scots there playing. Stevie Gallagher, Ken Gallagher's son, Stevie Gallagher, Ryder Cup player from, uh, from Broxburn, sort of between Glasgow and Edinburgh there. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where the Gallagher's are from. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, look, it's it's always one of the favourite events that I like to try and make sure and set myself to, to watch. You know, for those that haven't seen it, I'm sure most of you have. It's the course in Dubai which gets the absolutely amazing views of the Dubai city skyline. The part that I like, and they pull it out every year, they do the retrospective look of Dubai as it's grown through the years. You know, they've been playing this event there for... 20 plus years and they go back to the day one which might be 88 or 98 or you know a long time ago and Dubai skyline was almost non-existent a couple of buildings but they had this golf course and this tournament and this tour and off they went and played in it so you know if you think we're talking about European tour putting golf into this part of the world you know it's not just the last couple of years uh it's they've been at it for a while um Mm. long-term play uh but I always like seeing how the, how it's grown through the years and, you know, they've got that, I'm not sure what hole it is, but that famous hole which just they shoot the ball off into the city skyline uh, 
I love watching that. I love watching buildings. I was fascinated by big buildings growing up in the country where there wasn't any big buildings. So, um, yeah, no, this is a great event. Got a tip? Got a tip? Got a tip, Scott? Rory. Okay, yeah, that's pretty clear. Uh, George is back. George Campillo is back, by the way. Um, well, if you've gone Rory, who can I go? Uh, I'm going to go Tyrrell. Tyrrell? Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's jumped over the jumped across uh, across the world and uh, from the US and over to Dubai to um, take part in that. So um, as many have, you know, have you, a little warm have up got, in Hawaii. He was only in Hawaii, wasn't he? Yeah, it's like not far at all. Yeah, it's like twelve hours on a plane. No. Um, have you got the pen and paper there? Can you keep a note? Yeah, and the other thing, part of the administrative, the twenty twenty four planning, shorter, sharper, keep to the point. And also keep our tips and hold, hold each other accountable to those tips, maybe get a bit of internal competition uh, going. So for the DP World Tour event this week, I have Tyrrell, you have Rory. All right. Cool. Done, mate. I've taken the note. Beautiful. Uh, excellent. Uh, PGA Tour, that was a bit of PGA a – PGA Tour. That was a uh, exciting finish. Was it? To be honest, Roscoe, as I said last week, I wasn't. I mean, it was a pretty average field. wasn't really taking a great uh, deal of um, you know notice of it. But uh, but I did catch up. Yeah, you're right, Roscoe. Was I'm, I'm taking that piss. I'm being yeah. a bit a bit silly about Grayson Murray. But uh, he won in a three way three way playoff. Um, sunk a monster putt. Um, was obviously very excited. He's had his own battle. So great to see him get the win. Um, uh, and he's had a couple of wins in the last eight or ten months or something. So, um, as I said, he's, he's uh, recovered from from some personal battles. So he's, he's had a bit of everything going on, hasn't he? Like he, yep. he's fought some, you know, addiction demons, you know, mental health thought, the, the, the demons, which you know usually go hand in hand. So he, he has really been in, you know, some ordinary places. And if you are, you know, if you do suffer from anything like that, please seek help. You know, there are people out there that want to help um, and go out and get that sort of stuff, you know, nipped in the bud. And it's not a nip in the bud type of thing. But, you know, Grayson Murray is a great example that if you work hard at your own game, it can have benefits in your life. So uh, just a little bit of a you know announcement there that if you are sitting at home thinking this and you tune into us, need some help, go and get it. Um, but, yeah, it was a long bomb of a part. I don't think I've sunk a putt that long. I don't think I've played, played on a green that's that big. Um, that was a huge putt, 38 feet. Um, PGA Tour social media have got it from every angle. Grayson Murray's putt from every angle, top down, side down, back down, up down, around the town. They had it from everywhere. Um, good on him. No, good. good on him. Uh, any other uh, standouts there? Any other? Um, well, yeah, there was a bit of controversy, Roscoe, in that last hole. Did you see with Carl Ewan? Carl Ewan? Yeah, where he got his drop. Um, he hit yeah, one he into got the... his free drop. What's mm. going on with that TIO? That that was a ridiculous drop, wasn't he? He his second shot out of the bunker on the par five, eighteenth, um, and they didn't even find his ball, Roscoe, and he gets a free drop mm. in the middle of the fairway. That's a crazy rule, isn't it? So, what was the scenario? Did they explain? So, if it goes into the TIO and it's lost, and it's you know ninety five percent certain that it is lost in that and it's not findable and everyone says, yes, your ball's in there and it's lost. So it's without penalty. But mm. explain the part where he dropped it. You know, was it in the vicinity of the TIO? 
So he dropped it in the in the drop zone yeah. of uh, that TIO, and yeah, you're right. Like they had determined after looking at the video evidence with virtual certainty, yeah. it went into the hospitality, and so he gets relief, and the relief um, area was in a very favourable position, um, and and he's uh, and he's stuck it on the green. He missed the part, um, thankfully, but uh, it, it's, for birdie, it's something that yeah. you've seen. We've seen that numerous times, you know, and where it seems to be like a, a safe bailout zone. It's like almost, yeah. you know, it's a miss zone. Can I miss it in the bunker? You know, like I'd rather miss in the bunker than you know having to chip it. So it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem right. But you know, like hit it in the bunker. Well, the guys that guys yeah. that blow it blow it, you know, just, um, just, over the green and, and just, just get into the hospitality and then and, and just get, get a, a, a favourable chip. It's yeah. Like, he would have known where the pen is. He would have known where the drop zone. He says, well, I'm going to be better chipping it from there to there than I am from anywhere else that I can get it to. So just blast it. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that before. Like the a the, the women's event at um, Palm Springs at uh, Mission Hills, it was famous for having the, the backstop there and, uh, you know, getting favourable yeah. relief um, from that. And there are probably countless examples. Um, yeah. You know, I'm still trying to get my free relief from smashing the gel coat at the uh, – Australian Open pro am hitting one into the boat that I never got back. Um, anyway, that's is that one of those distracting circle back uh, stories? No, that's a good one. That's a okay. good one. I like yeah, that. One. I don't think I'm not sure if it hit the gel coat and smashed it and went into the water, or it popped up and went into the um, the passenger seat on the uh, the, the stagecraft. Um, but uh, it wasn't me, Stagecraft. If if joke, there's plenty of other punters fizzing balls through that green with a dam at the Aussie is. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Grayson. So, yeah, Murray. luckily, luckily, it didn't mean that he he won. He was very close. He was only one shot back, and as I said, he missed the birdie putt. Um, but he did go into the clubhouse as the clubhouse leader, um, and that would have been a very embarrassing situation, I think, for the PGA Tour if Young Carl had have taken out the victory with that free drop. But he didn't. Who did you have in Teepster? Thanks to everyone that joined Teepster. It was so pleasing um, to see the amount of people that had jumped back into Teepster without a lot of fanfare from our end going on. There was at least mm. 50 to 60 people, even more that... Uh, oh, no, Roscoe, we've got 138 people in Teepster. I know there's 138. Did, did any... Um, did, did anyone? 138 people are registered and only 42 entered a tip. Right, I, 42. I was yeah. one of the remaining 96 yeah. that did not. Um, so I didn't have a tip this week, but that doesn't matter because it's a long season. Why didn't you have um, a tip? You forgot. Just, mate, You're I, was, too busy. I, was, I just didn't yeah. get around to it, moving everything crazy. Yeah, I did I did do it at about 2 a.m. I think uh, Thursday night or whatever the day before, the, you know, like they, the cutoff is at 3 a.m., and I was like at 1 a.m. I had like three-hour window. I thought, oh, shit, I better. I was still awake, so I, I got in. And I chose actually Bardia and got me off to a nice oh, yeah. little healthy start with 135,000 in the kick. Uh, but I don't know the name of the person who is Caledonia. Funnily enough, yeah. all the Scottish stuff keeps, you know, it's like, ooh, spooky. Um, Caledonia is a old word for Scotland. Um, Caledonia, whoever you are, I would like to know who you are if you can tell me. Uh, congratulations you on picking uh, Grayson Murray and the several other people that did as well. Uh, well, well actually, done. Roscoe, actually, I'll just correct you there live on the spot, but no one actually picked Grayson. Um, uh, who, who and they... so, but Caledonia Public Golf and Mike Crosby all picked Ben right. Arn. 
So ah, sorry, yes. Second. So yep. no one actually got him, but uh, I can see how that would have been confusing, Roscoe. I just saw the names and I saw the money in the first and I thought, yeah. uh, you know. I like, understand, mate. I understand sorry. you're getting old. It's okay. 270 episodes. I've got to forget something so, at some stage. All good. Uh, but, but thanks. I will be in this week, mate. I will be in this week. Excellent. And for those that are listening and that are that do just get glued and rusted to the Teepster, again, we appreciate you. And thank you to uh, Teepster HQ, Teepster HQ. Here's in there. That's Michael Green, friend of the podcast. Yep. Very kindly put out his uh, weekly newsletter, uh, which included all his Teepster stuff, and, and put our, our links to our little um, our podcast uh, Teepster program in there as well. So a little bit of a free plug there from from uh, Greeny to us. I appreciate that, Greeny. Thank you very much. On you, Greeny. Uh, what I was going to say is if you are in the Teepster Arty, this year has changed. Last year it was one and done. So if you pick someone, you can't pick them again. This year, if they are within the top five, you get to re-pick them. So if they're in the top five, you can use them again. That's a little bit of a bonus thing and uh, I don't know how that influences the results. Obviously, Greenies put that into the, the structure mm. so, you know, you, you – get a little bit more, you know, enthusiasm around some of those big names that you, you like to pick and um, yep. it might just uh, bring a little bit more competition to the pointy end is basically what I think it's going to do. So, mm. you know, if you've picked uh, uh, Henley, Bradley, Arne, Murray and uh, Yuan, uh, which is T1 to T4, you will get to use uh, them again. There might be a couple. My Russell Henley might be one that's worthwhile using again at some stage during the year, I think. Uh, maybe not sure about Keegan or Grayson or uh, Yuan, but I reckon Russell Henley might feature in the rankings there at some point this year. Yeah. Uh, but for yes. me, Akshay Bhatia, he's, he's done and dusted. I can't use him again. But thanks, Akshay Bhatia, for your 135000 contribution. You contributed $135,000 more than this time last year. Well, not this time last year, but last year when I picked you, when you delivered $0 contribution to uh, my Teepster results, which ultimately Akshay Bhatia lost me the Teepster last year because I picked you and you didn't win. Uh, there 2024 you go. is looking up already, Ross. Exactly, Ross exactly right. Thank you, actually. Uh, yeah, okay. Anything else uh, from Wiley? 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 Talking about Roscoe. Uh, Tyrell, he, he gets on the plane with a T13 in, under his belt. Ludwig, T30. Cam Davis, T30. Bobby Mack, T52. Rosie, T57. No one else really mattered. Fitzy missed the cut. That was a bit mm. surprising. Mm. First, uh, first. Season opener miscut for him, so um, more more Instagram. He'll be back in Dubai. Fitzy, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Fitzy, more Instagram with shirt off with speed sticks, getting that speed training, and yeah, more shirt off, sweaty, leathered up uh, Instagram posts. Maybe that might help you get the finish inside the cut. Wow. You see, just, didn't, didn't uh, see any of that. Almost our rating for this one, Roscoe. It might have just gone up a little. Didn't see. Any fits? No, just no, did yeah. not see that. It's there somewhere. It exists in the internet. Just uh, okay. kid off. Yeah, pasty white skin. Just uh, oh, if there's any lady listeners uh, or you know whoever. Um, Clear, clearly, the algorithm is working. <laughs> so, Matty fits. Uh, very good. Uh, Top Scott uh, honors on PJ Tour goes to Bobby McIntyre. Well done to you, Bobby. It was a uh, 50-50 out of you or uh, Marty Laird. Marty Laird's been around for a long time. You know, he's just a. Hey, Tim, missed the cut, but he's just been there for years and years, just uh, Wee Martin, just banking the checks. Uh, but uh, Bobby McIntyre, 
who made the cut, 252. Good on you. Well done. I thought he might be well going done. to Dubai this week. Uh, I don't think he, he is. is. He is? Yeah, okay, good. He is, mate. Yep, yep he's good. off to Dubai. Good on you, Bobby. Be Bobby. Uh, um, but, yeah, a lot of the guys are off to uh, Palm Springs, so mm. off to the desert. Um, it's actually third week in a row, Roscoe. They're going to play a, uh, a course on tour that I've actually played. So Kapalua, um, Dubai there last week. I played there. And I played at the stadium course at La Quinta. So hmm. very familiar with these courses. I'm doing the right job here, Roscoe. Uh, no longer the head wobbles exclusive to me, uh, clearly. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, you've got uh, two in a row. Thank you very much. Uh, well, that makes two of us that have played the TPC uh, Pete Dye Stadium course, uh, Scott, Ooh. as I've pretty much said four or five years in a row when this yes, event comes around and I'll yeah. post I'll post a picture of me playing there in nine eighty seven and uh, you know tell the story that I the week after Lee Trevino had a hole in one in the skins game. If you're not old enough to know what the skins game is, just go back through YouTube and put in nine eighty seven skins game, Palm Springs, Lee Trevino, hole in one. And just insert into that vision that gets in your burned into the back of your retinas of me standing on the very same tee with a six iron bottom grooving it to about an inch, you know, half a roll within going in the hole on that very hole. Um, really? I might have told that story one or two times, Scott, one or two times. What a great what a great place. What a great experience it was. Oh, like Incredible golf course to play, mate. Like n- not easy, um, great challenge, uh, incredible scenery and, uh, yeah, I might send you a couple of videos that I've got um, teeing off with, you know, the mountains in the background and, uh, and, and yeah, some of that stuff to post because it really, it was a, we had a cracking day out there, um, lots of fun. Um, yeah, I yeah, can't, I can't have... send you any video of me. No, they didn't have video back then. Oh, thanks for stealing my joke. You know why, Scott? Because <laughs> video wasn't invented then. <laughs> I had the big oh. little box brownie and the little thing. <laughs> hey, that's where I fell in love with taking photos of the golf courses. There you go. That very there trip. Really? Um, yeah. Makes sense. Took some great Makes photos. Sense. I'll send you a couple of mine. Yeah, no, please do. We'll share that on the uh, Mile of Golf uh, Instagram. And also uh, back to Teepsa, just to circle around for very quickly, uh, think or a broadcast channel. I don't know too much about it. Um, I'm not an expert in social media. I've only got 87 accounts, which get very rarely used off the different things that I'm involved with. But there's a broadcast channel on the Mile of Golf uh, Instagram. And basically what is this little private group, if you're into that, you can chat in there. We can chat with you and just drop a question in there and we'll use that for Teepster and a few other bits and pobs. But, uh, you know, it might be a little bit about behind the scenes type of chat, you know, tipping chat and all that sort of thing. So you should really join the uh, broadcast channel in the My Love of Golf Instagram uh, page and that'll be a good little resource. I follow a photographer that uses a broadcast channel quite widely and it's it's actually quite good. You know, it's just short, sharp. You get to read what you want, don't want. Um, so mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Uh, if you need, if there's any, if you need an invitation or anything like that, just send me a message and I'll send you what it is. Um, sorry. We'll get the intern to follow up. Yes. Um, are your kids, so yeah, old, are your kids old enough to be interns yet? Can no. you Can you hurry them along? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, the Amex. Do it, but yeah, the, the Amex. So played across three courses, Roscoe. We talked about one, the stadium course, Pete Dye course, um, La Quinta Country Club and the Nicholas Tournament course. Um, the defending champion will not be there, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure if he's still in Hawaii, but uh, John Rahm is the defending champion and will not be there. 
um, Palm Springs, as we said, it's on Bermuda grass. So, you know, some of these guys like playing on Bermuda grass than other types of grasses. So that could be um, coming into play for them. Um, usually go pretty deep here, low to yeah. kind of mid minus 20s um, will win it. Um, and yeah, a few Aussies in the field. We've got Bads, Jason Day, Cam Davis, Endicott, and Min Woo Lee. Can't wait to see what he wears in this uh, new Lulu Lemon. Um, kit, can't wait to see what he wears um, and see how he goes there. He'll be ready to fire up. But a couple of big names as well. So Cantlay, Finau, Ricky Fowler, Tom Kim, Chris Cook, Scotty Scheffler, and no one bigger than the man himself, Michael Block. Blocky's in the field, Roscoe. Can you believe it? TC will have a field day. He'll, he will be having a field day uh, with the uh, Blockinator. The block party continues. Block party continues. Palm Springs. Just get your tickets here. Oh God! Wonder what? Why yeah. would men would be playing here versus playing in a Rolex event? Thoughts? That is a good question, Roscoe. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe he's always wanted to play this tournament. That's a pretty. Mm. It's a very well-known historic tournament. Yep. Maybe he wants to uh, do that. Um, yeah, don't know. Good just, question. Yeah, well, I guess he's probably fancies his chances. Yeah, in all honesty, I reckon uh, you know if he fancies the courses and he's obviously played them all and experienced there, uh, he probably fancies his chances and and rightly so. Um, you know, he's got Patrick Cantlay covered any day of the week. Uh, Min Woo Lee, uh, yes, the Lulu Le Mans uh, kit. Interesting choice for the promo shots. I thought of the. I thought so too, mate, and it's what I'm worried about, Roscoe. I'm worried, mate. I'm worried that uh, that you know they're just not going to deliver on his style. As I said last week, I think it's a it's a great move for them from a branding point of view, and a lot of people have been excited about it. And, and it's a great way for them to move into uh, men's and different sports and diversify their port their their you know brand um, category portfolio. It ticks all of those boxes. There's no doubt about it. He's a great get, um, but he's got a style, and uh, his current style. You know, unless Lulu are going to change their style and come up with some some more edgy type clothes um, and and kind of outfits for him, then you know I just hope he doesn't turn up in those polos and, and pants that he was in the in the photo shoot and and that's kind of the you know the extent of it. Um, I think it'd be a a miss for Minwoo and his brand. It was a channeling a bit of Tanimal, like it was yeah in, interesting Tanimal look. Tan on tan. Um, and I've seen he's gone with some other Callaway posts uh, where he's been black on black with the Lulu Le Mans um, accoutrements. Uh, so black on black, which is, you know, fairly standard Min Woo. Um, but just standard polo? Yeah, it's just plain polo, plain pants, black shoes. I'm not sure if he had the undershirt on or not. I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, anyway. Yeah. Um, interesting, yeah, but <laughs> I just thought Tanimal. I couldn't. I thought of Adam Scott. I thought that was a nice little doff of the cap to Adam in the uh, tan on tan. Uh, there we yeah. go. Uh, you got so, a tip? Mate, I just placed my pick. Who? Who? I, I, I put it in. Okay. It's Cantlay. Cantlay. He's got oh. great form here. Um, he'd be keen to get off to a good start. I'll pick it, Cantlay. Okay, you're going to make me a tip now, and I don't see. So, and sometimes I'm can be blamed for having a tip here, and then having a different tip in Teepster. I don't want to be oh, that, that guy. Yeah, I don't that want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Like I'm, um, you know, I only want to win tapes, so I don't take it that seriously, really. Um, who can? Who would I choose? 
Oh. I don't want to choose Min Woo because it's just a bit too early to choose Min Woo. Uh, I'm going to choose Jason. Uh, yeah, Jason Day. Jason Day. Yep. Locked in. Thank okay. you. Okay. Can't change it. Uh, okay. Very good. Uh, Two last, other things. Yeah, so I was going to say last event was the uh, Australian PGA Tour played at um, – the Henley, uh, the uh, Jack Nicholas course up at uh, the Heritage. Yep. Congratulations to Matt Griffin for winning. Uh, it's his first win since 2016, I think, and maybe. Uh, Matt is a former New Zealand Open winner, um, former Korean Tour and Japan Tour player, very, very accomplished golfer, long-term drum and golf ambassador, you know, really is part of the family. And uh, I think I'll talked said last week I had Christmas lunch with Matt and uh, his form was looking pretty good well he went out and won the thing and then won the Pro-Am today so um, you know he's got that bit of a form streak going so so good and wire to wire win shot 61 yep. or something in the Wonder first start. round yeah 11 under yeah uh, like eight birdies hot. in a row we were talking about it last week because we'd, we were already recording the podcast when the first round had been done of course we were sort of crossing over in a weird sort of way uh, but he held on to he obviously held on to that. He really wasn't challenged. But another name that I mentioned last week, uh, young Jack Carter finished second. Mm. Fantastic. Yep. Really nice kid. Really, really, really nice young fella. As Strong I said last name. week, I stuck a, you know, he was kind enough to, you know, let me three years ago stick a full swing kit behind him and said, listen, mate, I've, I've got to put these things out and no one knows what they are and I don't want to bother these other names. Can I put one down? He said, yeah, I don't know my numbers, you know. And his mum was there in a, Volkswagen camper van, you know, following him around and I'm Jack from yep. South Australia. Fantastic. He's just – his golf has improved this year out of sight. Well, ended last year yeah. and this year out of sight. So good. Yeah, he's a name that stuck out on most leaderboards mm. um, on the Australasia Tour. So good on him, T2, along with Quinton Croker, the amateur. Yep. Um, he's also been up there um, quite a bit. So um, good good things for him. Uh, Mika, T5. Did, yep. did did Mika things, you know, yes. like wasn't yeah. off to a flyer uh, and then just, uh, you know, came you know, Mika style up through the field on that last day. Uh, what I else? when he goes to Europe, mate. When, when does he start his season over there and, you know, like get, get over there and, and play consistently over there? So I bumped into him on the chipping green and, you know, asked him that question. I said, Mika, I'm, I'm probably the 187th thousandth person to ask you this. And... I think they're trying to see what events in this sort of Middle East swing they can get into. Mm. Uh, I know for Tommy and maybe Andrew Martin, spoke to Andrew Martin this morning, again, Marto, how are you going? What are you up to? They're just – it's not 100% clear exactly what events they can get into. I think maybe Tommy Powerhorn's first event is going to be like Kenya. Um, right. And I think Mika might be around that same time. I, I, I can't remember exactly, you know, but um, – yeah, they're, they're still waiting to find out exactly what events they can get into because of the category of card that they have, um, which is not the highest category. Uh, it's like 40th on the uh, qualifying school. So if you're in top 20 of the qualifying school, don't quote me on the exact numbers, you know, you've got a better ranking position, you get into more events. So their yep. card level is a bit down the pecking order. So that means if people don't play, you know, obviously your ranking bumps up if you – you know, certain invitations, you know, people get invited elsewhere. So all that sort of thing plays a part. And that's why when I say they don't know exactly where they're playing, 
they could be, they couldn't be, and it's a really hard position for them to be in. But I think, like, basically May is around the time when Marto and maybe Tommy will go and be a little bit more permanently based in, in Europe when yep. the tournament start to come back to that sort of European sort of league. Tommy's talking a little bit about America, you know, pre-qualifying Mondays and, you know, there's a, what it's led to is them questioning, you know, him questioning where he where he should be basing his time, where he should be playing and spending uh, his, his um, efforts in trying to be a better golfer basically. Uh, yep. Johnny Lyris, speaking of Corn Ferry Tour, Johnny Lyris got DQ'd. Um, unfortunate set of circumstances, you know, I think the summation of it was he hit a ball into a penalty area um, and then he dropped the ball and then he play, his playing partner found his ball in the penalty area at which time he proceeded to play the ball in the penalty area but because he had already effectively caught it lost, dropped the ball, that ball becomes the ball in play and he should have been playing that ball. And um, it was a mistake. Um, you know, I think if, you know, anyone would in a club competition might have been guilty of doing the same and playing the ball in the penalty area, it's a it's not a quirky rule, it's a straight up and down rule of golf. You know, if Blakey was here saying it's just a rule, mate, you know, it's not a quirky rule, that's the rule. And that's yeah. all. That's that's the only thing around it. But um you know, Corn Ferry Tour, there, there wasn't a rules official there at the time. Credit to them, they made a decision and went on with it. Well, anyway, it led to a DQ. Unfortunately, what that means for Johnny Lyris, who's a great player, great man, got some status in the Corn Ferry Tour, is that he's in the Bahamas. Uh, had he finished and played, he would have got into the next week's event, but because he didn't finish, uh, he now either has to go home to America, Florida, or stay around the Bahamas to see if he gets into the next tournament based on who elects to go to the Amex or, um, yeah, basically the players are in that event can get called up to the Amex um, relative to the people who then go and do other things. So, yeah, yep. um, tough tough for Johnny because, uh, you know, if you read his tw- his Instagram post, it, he's very hard on himself, but that's what happened. He was born in the penalty area, dropped the ball, found the ball, played the ball that he found, should have played the ball that he dropped. That becomes the ball in play, even if the other ball's found. Uh, there you go. Hard lesson to oh, – hard way to learn it anyway. Correct. I mean, he sure, I'm sure he knew it, but just in the in the moment probably everything happening. Um, okay. Mikaluzzi is the 11th uh, reserve for this event this week on the DP World Tour. Yeah. So he's not going to get in. But um, – yeah, so there we go, mate. Um, Benny Eccles was T eighteen in that heritage event. He's still coming third, so we're going to track that um, through the end of the year, and hopefully he can pick up a European Tour card um, as well. Um, I'm going to need a bigger house. Going to need a bigger house, mate. Yeah. Well. No, Benny, Benny's actually um, Benny's actually British, as we learnt and um, as we knew, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure Benny's covered for accommodation if the time comes uh, that he gets a European Tour card, DP World Tour card, being yeah. that he's. Uh, born in England and moved out here and his dad still spends a lot of time over there. Um, so, yeah, very good. Have we covered everything else, Scott? I don't want to shut you down. Have we got everything covered? I, we missed well, DP. No, I just we, wanted to say two, two, two things on five. Liv, Roscoe. Oh. Liv, did, uh, did, you see the, did you see the championship rings that Liv got made for oh. their range goats? Unbelievable, mate. Very NFL or NBA-esque 
um, you know, quality of ring and, and like just the gold and the diamonds. It was just like it's very, very bling. Um, uh, a little over the top, a little kind of, you know, showy for the uh, – and right in line with the amount of money that's going on uh, in that league. But um, – You yeah, want, you sure want one, you, you want one, don't you? I just to put up up here, just put it up there. Uh, yeah, probably a few too many diamonds for me. And, you know, I'm a ring wearer. I'm a double ring wearer, double gold. I, that's the only gold mm. that I wear. You know, I've got my uh, wife's grandmother's clatter ring that I wear as my wedding ring and uh, my um, RF inscribed signet ring that my mum gave me for my 21st birthday. Can't get it off. Don't want it to be anywhere other. So I don't mind a bit of ring bling, gold. That was a bit too much for me, too many diamonds. A lot of diamonds. But it was, yeah, the guy that does that, uh, I forget his name, uh, he's a bit of a character himself, just a young fella, just makes these insane jewellery pieces for all of those types of events. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable talent, just unbelievable talent. Um, Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I mean, their season gets underway pretty soon. Roscoe, we were talking about it last week. Um, still this week, I mean, we did it last Thursday, we're on Monday here, but... Um, we're still what, a couple of weeks out now, and John Rahm. I mean, his his team name hasn't been officially announced. Like his team name is not listed on their website. He's got no teammates apparently. Um, well, there's rumours about Kieran Vincent. Um, he's going to be on there, and uh, and now they're talking about a young amateur at college at um, uh, University of Tennessee. Going to sign with him. I mean, I think I, I read that. Yeah, you know, they haven't they haven't managed to land the big targets they wanted to land. So Plan B is these college kids, and uh, so so John Rahm has left the PGA Tour and he's going to be in a team with Kieran Vincent and Caleb Surratt, the number ten amateur in the world. It's incredible. Okay, and there's, does that mean that the Rippers uh, still have a spot to fill? Still preferably an Aussie spot well, to fill? Well, I think after after we were talking about it last week, um, uh, Matty Jones signed up. Yes. And then they've still got one spare spot. So who knows where that's going to go? Okay. I mean, who knows anything, Roscoe? We're two weeks out and who knows anything? Okay. <laughs> Greg does. <laughs> Greg will be Greg working does. in the room. Yeah, Greg, Greg and Greg's does. people. Greg's got a... Bloody All you need to everybody. know in two weeks' time, there'll be a tournament. There'll be how many teams? Is it four? Is Twelve? How many 13, teams? Thirteen 13 teams. Thirteen teams of four players. Shotgun yep. start. Fifty-four holes. Oof, 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 Music. DJs on a Saturday, Friday night. That'll happen. Yep. That's all be happening. That's all you need to worry about. It's all happening. It's hard to get excited about a team that I haven't been told about, Roscoe. I want. I want to be the Legionnaires. No, Legionnaires. Legion 13. <laughs> oh, you, you, so you're you already on John Rahm's team. There you go. Get behind. Oh, but no one's told me about it, Ross. Like I can't just believe what Twitter tells me. I need to know about it. I need Scott official. Believe what you believe. You know, believe what you believe, mate. You know, like mate, if Scotty Hand is leaving Twitter. He's deleted his account, so there's absolutely no reason to be on the platform anymore. So if he's leaving, it's done. Is Scotty Hand off? He's yeah, off. He mate. had a crack at someone. The other, he had a crack at someone the other day. That's, is that it? The, he the, said he's deleted it. I mean, he's threatened this. He's yeah. He's like he's overpromised this um, many a few times. But but yeah, apparently he's done. He wants to be healthier and happier in the mind and the body and the soul. And being on Twitter is not good for that. I don't know Scott Hend. I, I, I would like to know Scott Hend. Um, I can see he just has the aura of a grumpy man. He does. He, he does have. But he's very fun. He, he's very quick, very witty on Twitter. Uh, but he does have the aura of a grumpy man. 
and he doesn't suffer fools. And all these, mm. the American colleagues there that like to, you know, always go, Scott Hend who? Which is just like, just cannon fodder for, it's just like fodder for Scott Hend. He just comes back, some of the one-liners, don't ask me to parrot them because I can't remember that sort of shit. But yeah. uh, his responses are absolute A-grade, top-shelf, classic sort of Scott Hend. Uh, Scott, you'll be missed. You'll be back, but I'm guaranteeing. You know, I'll tip. I'll tip in deep so that's got to end to be back before the midpoint of the uh, season. There we go. 2024 prediction: Will Scott Hen make it back on to X or not? What's X. it going to be, Roscoe? I can't call it yes. X, but anyway, uh, yes, he will. Everyone, thank you for tuning into our short format. You know, we've just gone an hour. Great, short, sharp. Uh, really do appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, the homework is get your Twitter tips in. Twitter, Twitter. Get your tips of tips in. Uh, sign up to the broadcast channel where we might start doing a little bit more uh, chat amongst the Teepsterati there. Uh, we do have the Discord there, but that's on hold for a moment. And, um, you know, just uh, keep listening, keep supporting, and uh, we'll likewise do the same. Scott, thank you uh, to you for uh, chiming back in. Really do appreciate thank you, you as I do every week. And uh, everyone, we'll see you next week on the Mile of Golf podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.